Hey guys, welcome to the Tweet Coast Church Podcast. So glad that you could join us. Now prepare your hearts for another inspiring message from one of the Tweet Coast Church crew. Well, we're continuing a series uh, today around the thought, frequency, frequency, where we're cutting through the noise. We're cutting through the noise. We're hearing God's voice. We're hearing God's direction for our lives. Last week I spoke on making godly decisions because that's a very important part of our everyday life, making godly decisions. How do we do that? How do we cut through the noise of what I should do, what I shouldn't do, and hear from God? And through this series, we'll just be building around this thought of frequency, getting God's frequency. Remember those old, yeah, for those people that are in the room that, you know, my age or a little bit older, remember those AM stereos? Uh, you know, in your car, my first car, 1974 Corona Wagon had an AM stereo. Every time you got into the car, you'd have to adjust the no- nozzle just a little bit again to get in the right frequency to get the stereo. Then you'd get it on the right, you know, the right thing and like Ganga Jeng would be playing. It's like, yes, yeah, speak to me, Jesus. It'd be midnight, oh, all the good things. It would be on that as you tune. 693 is my station. Uh, Greatest memories, latest hits. Come on, somebody. And that's the frequency. God has a frequency and he wants to speak to you. Uh, And this is the point even as I roll into introducing today. Hearing God's voice is so important. It is so important. Probably more important than ever. Hearing God's voice. Probably more important than ever. You know why? Because there's so much noise and so many voices more than ever. Ever. Uh, by the time you go home t- today, there'll be dozens of opinions thrown your way. Yeah. So they're all voices. It's, it's clutter, whether it's you know, literal opinions or it's just noise. And so hearing God's voice is so very important following the Lord Jesus Christ. I love this scripture, John 10. <clears throat> this is speaking about Jesus, the gatekeeper. He is the gatekeeper. And he opens the gate for him, which is the the sheep. And the sheep listen to his, what? His voice. This is speaking about you and I. Don't get offended that we're spoken of as sheep. It's communicating something. We're following a shepherd, protected by the shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. We will not be in want. He's a wonderful shepherd. He calls his own sheep by name. I love that, that he knows your name. He doesn't see you as a number. He doesn't see you just as a, as a, as a tag. He knows you by name and he calls them by name and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his... Everyone together, they know his... They know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. It was 1980, and I was five years of age. Giving away my age, I am a 70s child. Uh, And uh, we were at the Royal Brisbane Exhibition. Uh, The Echo, somebody, somebody yelled out. Who was that? The Echo. Totally, the Eka. I love us. I love you, you slang everything. And so the exhibition 
known as the Echo. And we were there. I talked my mum and dad for about three hours. Talked them into getting me one of those strawberry ice creams that they still sell. You know, the strawberry ice cream. Strawberry ice cream and it's cream. And there's a strawberry on top. And I was just a happy camper. I was five years old. What else do you need when you're five years old, honestly? And, you know, you've got a strawberry ice cream, you're at the Ecker, and we're there, and we're starting to walk down Sideshow Alley, which where all the rides were, um, you know, all the Ferris wheel, and you've got the zippy zappy thing, and you got, and people are screaming, and it's just getting dusk, and there's lights, and they're flashing, and there's screams from people up in the... The, the chairlift and, and, and what's some of the rides that they called you? Zipper, remember the zipper? Um, you know, and, and they're just, you know, all these gravi- Gravitron. <laughs> I've got a story about the Gravitron. Uh, it involves my dad and heart attacks, but we won't go into it today. And um, that was funny at the time for us two boys, my brother and I, but it's not so much looking back at it. But... Uh, we were there, and here I am, a strawberry ice cream. I'm just in my world. I've been walking with my parents, my family, just distracted by these lights and by the sounds and by the noise. And then one of the scariest things that can come into your heart as a young person, you know what happened? You look around, and you think to yourself, you know what? I'm by myself. I'm lost. Where is my mum? Where is my dad? It was the noise and the distraction that just got me so buzzing. Or, you know, I was licking my strawberry ice cream, looking at the lights, listening to the sounds, and I was distracted. I had missed where I was supposed to be with my parents. But you know what? Within moments, I reckon, it seemed like ages at the time as a five-year-old boy, my parents um, taught me very well to stay in the position, which you might teach your kids as well, you know, when they're lost to stay still. Some of your kids may do it or may not do it, depending on their personality. I stayed still and just kept my strawberry ice cream being like, And then through the noise, through the distractions, I heard a noise. It was a piercing noise. Not because it was loud, it was because I was familiar with the noise. It was the sound of my dad's whistle. <laughs> Where is he? Is he here? Can you do it for us right now? Who would like to hear Alan's whistle? <laughs> Come on, man. Lick your lips. <laughs> Under pressure. Stage fright. It was way better than what he showed you right there. It was a whistle that I'd grown familiar with as a young child, whether it was on the footy field or down the beach. It was a noise that I was familiar with. That is my dad's whistle. And it pierced through the noise of the screams of the people on the, the rides and the distractions. And I thought, you know what? I'm safe. I'm okay. And I stayed there. I heard the whistle a little, a little bit more. And the whistle was coming towards me. Then I saw my mum and dad's faces. Uh, and they said, why did you leave us? And I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, normal story with kids. But I want to speak to you today about that whistle, about the father's whistle. In fact, I use that on my kids now. They can be in the middle of an oval at a sports day, and I whistle, and they turn around and look for me. See, this is the father's voice that we need to hear through the clutter of our worlds, that in the middle of distraction, in the middle of bright lights of our world and opinions and everything else, that you hear the father's voice. Not only is it a whistle from the father, oh, come on, give him praise. It's not only a whistle, it is a 
voice. It is a beautiful voice that knows you by name. We've already read it. He knows you by name. He knows your future. He's got a purpose and plan for your life. And it is his voice that we need our hearts to be aligned with constantly when we're following Jesus. I'm speaking on the thoughts today, why God speaks. Why God speaks. Because let me say this, that God is a communicative God. He wants to communicate to you. You say, well, you're up the front there to communicate to us. Well, I'm here to communicate to you that God wants to communicate to you. <laughs> you say, me? I'm just this. No, he wants to communicate to you. There's never second-rate citizens in the kingdom of God. There's no second-class citizens in the kingdom of God. That you are called to hear God's voice and respond to his voice for yourself. The first thought down here is why God speaks is God speaks to facilitate, facilitate friendship. To facilitate friendship. I, I love the scripture, Exodus 33:11. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one who speaks to a friend. This is Old Testament, by the way. How much more for each one of us in the New Testament? By His Spirit, He wants to speak to each one of you. Face to face. Just like you would a friend. He wants to speak to you. Face to face. See, the voice of God is to facilitate this friendship. You might have heard this a million times if you've been around church, particularly these kind of churches, that it's not about religion, it's about relationship. Sometimes that's an excuse just for people not to turn up to church. But if you go deeper, this New Testament position that we have in God is about an intimate, personal, open relationship with the one that, grew, that formed the earth, now has made a decision. I don't want to be abstract I, I don't want to be distant from humanity. I want to be up close and personal. I want to be face to face. I want them to hear my voice and respond to my voice. I love when God created the universe and all the cosmos. He spoke it into being. He spoke it with his words. But when he decided to create humanity, it wasn't enough just to speak it. But he got down into the earth and he grabbed it with his hands and he began out of his own hands to mold the clay and then he breathed in it. Why did he do that with humanity? He wanted to be up close and personal with you and I, humanity. No matter what people will say to you, we're not like dolphins. We're not like dogs. We're human beings created in the image of God. Created with a, a distinct and unique purpose, each one of us. Overarching all that purpose is to have an open relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If this is your church, if this is what the church you call home, I mean, this is one of the four real pillars of why we do what we, we do, why we pray every week, why we do what we do, that our desire for you, our vision for you is that you would know God. <laughs> that you would know Him personally. That you'd walk with Him. That you'd have this intimate relationship that it's just like the buzz of your life. It's like, man, I'm, I'm addicted to Jesus. That's our prayer for you, that you would know 
God intimately. So his voice is to facilitate this relationship. Secondly, why does God speak? He speaks to give guidance. Proverbs 3.6 Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, He's the one who will keep you on track. How do I stay on track? Here it is. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, He's the one who will keep you on track. Isn't that a good thing? Takes the pressure off a little bit. Just build your relationship around Jesus. Listen to his voice. His voice will never contradict the word of God. It'll align itself with the word of God. That reminds me of a story you know, in terms of guidance. I remember I'm a builder by trade. Uh, I remember being a carpenter. And I remember through there was a season where as a young man, 17, 18, that there's really bullying going on in, on the workplace and work site and people were really treating me pretty rotten. Uh, I don't go into the details that you can just imagine. Uh, the, the details, I remember just asking God ab- about that and, and just saying, what do I do, Lord? What do I do with these people? Um, and he, he really clearly said to me, don't react to them. Don't react to them. And so I didn't. I found out later that that aligned with a scripture that said a soft answer turns away anger. But as a, yeah, as a young man, I didn't even know that scripture. But God spoke to my heart and said, just don't react to them. And it's amazing just through the book of Proverbs, reading that later and hearing that jump out of the scriptures. Oh, that's what you were saying to me when I was walking through that. Uh, you said don't react to them, but really it's that scripture says a soft answer turns away anger why am i saying that it's because god speaks to give guidance he speaks to you to give guidance mums he is here to give you guidance he he loves you too much just to say hey hey just talk to me on sunday morning you know when you're getting no he loves you and your family too much he's here to give you guidance how do i raise these kids how do i discipline these kids how, how, how do i how do i do you know he is so good He's so generous. The book of James says you ask for wisdom and from his generosity, he will give it to you. He will give it to you. Turn to the person beside you and say, he will give it to you. See, sometimes we need guidance when it comes to wisdom. Anyone want to raise their hand and say, I, I, need, I, got, you know, I need some wisdom, I need some guidance. But so other times it's direction. It's direction. Which way do I go, Lord? Which way do I, I, I go? Uh, the, now, this kind of conversation might be new to some of you. You say, well, you know, there's a way to go and there's a way not to go. Because we're so, you know, we just perceive that what wisdom we have is what we're going to live by and what we've been taught by our mama and our grandmama is just how we're going to live. Now, that's not necessarily good or bad, but God has a plan for your life. And it's through following his plan, you say, God, how, what's the best way for me to live? What's the best way for me to have my marriage and, and to raise kids? You know why? Because he'll never le- leave you empty-handed. He is so good. He's so faithful. He's got the best plan for our lives. And once again, we go back to that trust factor that I'm trusting him with my marriage. I mean, I went through that when I was, you know, um, going through a process of, you know, who I would marry. For some reason, I had in my mind that, um, you know, I'd be in worship one day and 
God would say, look to your left. And, you know, I looked there and old Auntie Agnes would be there and she'd be like 87 and, and you know, didn't, it wasn't just the, the hit by the ugly branch. She'd fall out of the whole tree, you know, and hit every branch on the... And be like, and you just hear this voice, marry her. And be like, no, but I'll be obedient. Because that was my perception of that God didn't have the best plan for my life. Praise God. Front row, exhibit A. Come on, somebody. Hubba hubba ding ding. Check the legs on that thing if you know what I'm saying. These are one of those moments that on the way home, there's like silence. So like, you know what you said uh, um, in front of 120 people? What I'm saying is, is that sometimes we just generally distrust God. It's like, surely he hasn't got a good plan for my life. No, he's even put it in black and white in his word. I know the plans I have for you. It's not a confusion. Don't live in confusion. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They have plans to prosper you, to give you a hope in a future. But what about the bad stuff? It still stays. Yeah. If it's not currently good, he's not finished yet. Because yeah. all things work together for good for those that are in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You see, God speaks to give guidance. The last thing, God speaks to provide perspective. <laughs> I think we all need a little bit of this, a little bit of perspective constantly. Perspective is that kind of feeling that we need when we're just underneath. Now, I'm just going to speak to two or three of you that need you know, a new perspective today because there's only two or three of you. That, um, that feeling of you know, just, just underneath, or, of it might be a work thing, it might be relationships, it might be... Yeah, let, let's be just truthful. It could be any number of things. It doesn't mean you're a weak Christian. It means that you're a human being. But the voice of God is so important because it actually changes our perspective. It actually, we hear the voice of God. And we, we're, let me reverse. We're underneath something, underneath a weight, and we go to God. Set some time aside. I'm going to get real practical in coming weeks how we position ourselves to hear from God. But we put ourselves, we're underneath, and, and then all of a sudden God begins to speak, maybe through his word, maybe just in the, in the process of worship and just meditating on him. You know what meditation is? It's like worry, but in reverse. You know how to meditate because you know how to worry. Worry is just worrying, thinking about the wrong things. Meditation is thinking on the right things. Can you hear what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden God just gives you this perspective. You know, because God's not under anything. He's not under anything. He's not like, oh, it's happening today. What's happening with the world's economy? Oh, Donald Trump, my God. Well, he might be doing that too. I don't know. But he's not under anything. He's not under health crisis. He's not under financial crisis. He is above. We're reminded in the book of Isaiah about this. As the heavens are higher than the earth. This is God speaking. So are my ways higher than your ways. You, you would think that if you just read that, you think, oh, it might be a little bit derogatory that God is just so... Yeah. But he, he's bringing us into this um, conversation here. And he's saying, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. He, he's saying, my perspective is higher. My perspective is greater than your current reality. 
as the rain, watch this, so there's this high perspective, as the rain and snow, we know rain, come down from heaven, come down from heaven, and do not return to, to heaven again without first watering the earth and making it bud and flourish. So this fruit, God's, it comes down, rain comes down, it bears fruit that buds and flourish. Watch this. So that it yields seed for the sower, seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Watch this. Where does it come from? So is my word. It's underlined there for us. That goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire the, and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. I mean to say God's word is from this perspective. It's from a higher perspective. God's voice, his word, and we allow it. It comes from a higher perspective. It comes down to the earth and it produces fruit so that you will bear fruit and that you will flourish and that will bud in your life. It's God's perspective. God's uh, perspective coming down into your world, in your life, lifting you to a higher reality. God's Word brings you to a higher perspective. Anybody need a higher perspective on their life? I'm telling you, God wants to speak His voice into your world today, saying, lift your eyes again. Don't be underneath. Be above and not beneath. You are the head and not the tail. Oh, we've all felt like the tail, just being wagged by life. But God's saying, you are the head. I have a higher perspective. There's only a few places on the trip up to Mount Warning where you could actually see it you know, up close in its entirety because really it's from a distance or there's just um, trees that only see in part. But at those few parts that you can stop and see all of Mount Warning, it's wonderful to get out and see the, the mountain. Although it's wonderful, it can also be overwhelming. If you've got a five-year-old kid with you and you're thinking, here, mate, that's where we're going to go, right up to the top of that. And I know that I'm going to carry you most of the way. So there you go. And you're pointing up there and you can be really overwhelmed by it. Why is that? Well, it's a matter of perspective. It's a total matter of perspective. But then when you're up there, when you've walked just one step in front of another, the perspective from Mount Warning on a clear day, winter day, beautiful. As the sun's coming up, it's just like, oh, thank you, Jesus, that you called me to the Tweed Coast. Come on, somebody. And it's just beautiful, the perspective. God wants you to lift your eyes. He wants to take you through his word and through his voice to a higher perspective of what you're currently walking in. It's through his word. That reminds me of the scripture that the psalmist said, that when my heart is overwhelmed... Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. There is a rock that is higher than your currently perspective, your currently viewpoint. It's through the voice of God saying, come on, lift up your eyes. I'll have a plan for the situation. I'm on the case. I'm with you. I'm for you and I'm not against you. I'm with you. It's that, that the rock that is higher than us that will lead us. When my heart is overwhelmed, Lord, lead me to the rock. Lead me to the mountaintop that is higher than I, in Jesus' name. Can you say amen today? Come on up, musos. There's two responses that we get the opportunity to respond to right now to this message around the voice of God, why God responds. Uh, the, the first response is this. I mean, there's many responses, but this is what I'm going to suggest to you. 
you, you can actually grow a pattern in your heart where you ignore the God's voice. Uh, that's really sad, uh, to, to be quite honest. So our hearts as Christ followers would be soft to respond, to hear his voice. The first response is this. I'm open to hear. I, I, I'm open to hear. And I'm going to get us to respond to either two of these by standing in just a moment. And you want to say that to God. I, I'm open to hear. I'm open to hear in my heart what you're wanting to say. Samuel 3.9, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. That's what he said to God. I'll dive into the scripture in the next coming weeks possibly. But Samuel said, as a young man, young boy, by the instruction of a mentor, Eli said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Your servant is listening. The second response is this. And I'm eager to respond. I'm eager to respond. John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they, what? They follow me. That's response. Scary thing is, is that um, when we stop responding, you know, his voice just gets quieter and quieter. One of the most respectful things that God does for us and to us is that he gives us free will. That he doesn't push himself upon us. He gives us the opportunity to walk through the door. He invites us. You look at most of the Gospels, following Jesus is actually an invitation. It's like that with, with response, that he's never forcing it upon us. And when we hear his voice and we don't respond, I'm speaking from a personal example here, personal experience rather. When we hear his voice and don't respond, his voice just gets quieter and quieter. Until his point, hey, I respect you so much that I'm just stepping away. I want to be that kind of man, that kind of man of God that hears his voice just in beautiful, unique ways. Just follows him. Is God, where you, where you tell me, I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll follow you, I'm following you. So those are the two responses that... As the band begins to play, you say to God, make this prayer to God, I'm eager to respond and I'm open to hear. If that's you today, you're just saying with fresh heart, God, I'm, I'm open to hear I'm, and, and I'm eager to respond. I want you to stand to your feet and just begin to lift your hands towards heaven. Just say, God, I, I just want to hear with a fresh Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you are touched by God's word. If you would like to know more about Tweet Coast Church, please visit tweetcoastchurch.com.au.